Turn to the book of Ezra again this evening. Ezra, and we'll be in chapter number nine. Uh, this morning we uh, were in Ezra chapter number eight. Tonight uh, we're going to look in chapter number nine of the book of Ezra, and I'm going to read one verse of scripture. We'll take our message from that one uh, verse of scripture tonight, and uh, just some thoughts, some truths that I want to remind us of. Uh, I want us to always be aware of the day we live in, always be aware of the opportunity God has for us. And I think tonight's message will be a good reminder for us and so many wonderful truths throughout God's Word that will help us. And I trust that the message this morning, uh, I know it was a help to me personally, I trust it's a help to you. And I believe tonight will be along those same lines. The book of Ezra, uh, chapter number 9, and I'll remind you, and just in case you weren't in the service this morning, or I know it's been several hours, so many of you, you can't even remember uh, what the, you can't remember what you had for lunch. So uh, I'll remind you that, of course, God's people uh, were in captivity. They had been in the Babylonian captivity, and that God is going to use Ezra as he used uh, Nehemiah. He's going to use Ezra uh, to uh, restore some things among his people. And so uh, that is the context and the backdrop for our text tonight in verse number 8 of Ezra chapter number 9. And now for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Uh, There's much that can be said about this verse of Scripture. I have preached from this verse of Scripture uh, before, and of course I'm bringing the message this evening And I may uh, preach uh, from it again next Sunday night. We'll have to see. Uh, But uh, I want to look at a phrase that uh, sometimes gets hid in a verse of Scripture like this because there's so many things that grab our attention. Um, As I look at this verse, there's some obvious things that that comes to my mind right away. But I want us to notice uh, the phrase uh, that our God may lighten our eyes. And I want to preach on this subject tonight, God, lighten our eyes. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray as we look into your word tonight, may the Spirit of God uh, help us, uh, encourage us, strengthen us, challenge us. Father, I pray that you'll bless your people. And for us in Christ's name we pray, amen. Of course, Ezra is acknowledging the fact that in spite of uh, the chastisement from God. And I want to remind all of us, it was kind of the theme of the Sunday school lesson this morning and certainly part of the theme in the message uh, this morning as well, uh, that uh, God expects our obedience. God expects us to serve Him. And when we do not serve Him, God will do things to get our attention. And when it comes to certainly His people in the Old Testament, and I think His people today, uh, he, he, he used foreign armies to, uh, of course in this situation, He used the captivity uh, to uh, punish them, if you will. To do, to, it was a consequence of them rejecting God. And I'll remind all of us that God allows us to make our choices. God allows us to choose. Uh, tonight, if you're saved, it's because you chose salvation. God didn't force it on you. Uh, one can reject salvation, but there is a consequence to rejecting salvation. As a Christian, uh, God wants all of us to surrender our life to Him. He wants all of us to serve Him. Now, God is not going to force you to do that. However, He's worthy of our service. We should serve Him. But if we choose to live after the things of this world, there are consequences. 
We get to make the choice, but we don't get to choose the consequences. And such is true with a nation like our nation, and certainly uh, the children of Israel uh, in our text tonight. Uh, God had used bondage. Uh, that was the consequence of their rejecting Him. But in the midst of that bondage, as we saw this morning, the good hand of God was evident. And let me just say again tonight, I'm so thankful uh, that even in our own failures, the good hand of God is evident. Even in our own mistakes, the good hand of God is evident. And we can still have the good hand of God on our lives, on our homes, on our church, and even in our nation in the midst of even what's going on today. But we find here a reference in verse number 8 that I think gets a lot of attention, and rightfully so. And now for a little space, grace. Ezra acknowledges that God had given them a space where they deserved the chastisement. They deserved the punishment. But God in His mercy and God in His grace gave them a window of opportunity. And I, and I think that is so true and evident in our own lives and certainly in our nation today. That little space grace hath been showed from the Lord our God. God is a righteous God. God is a holy God. God means what He says. And just because a society all of a sudden decides that they want to say, we don't even know if there is a God, doesn't change the fact that there is a God. It doesn't change the fact that God demands to be worshipped. God demands to... By the way, you cannot worship Him without obeying Him. So having your quote-unquote worship service or coming to a... Uh, be, be in part of a worship service and then living like this world during the week, you're not worshiping Him if you're not obeying Him. Because the greatest form of worship is to acknowledge that you are my Creator, you are my God, <clears throat> you are my Savior, you are my Lord. And the greatest form of worship is the acknowledge of that in obedience. God expects that. But when we don't live that way, or society says that we don't want to be a righteous people anymore, God will use certain things to get their attention. Now, I'm thankful that God has not treated America like He treated Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah was so wicked that God literally wiped it off of the planet. Now, I'm not to say that America can't get to the place where God would not do that. But I'm thankful that God, from generation to generation, has offered a little space of grace for God's people. Let me remind you, God does not demand a majority to serve Him. It's just the remnant. It's just the faithful. That's why let me, let me challenge all of us. Uh, your home is important in your neighborhood. Your, your, your life is important to your family. This church in the size of, say, what, what difference can we make in Jacksonville, Florida, as the population continues to just multiply and multiply? What difference can we really make? Oh, it's the salt that preserves. It's the preserving agent. It's the light that shines. Don't underestimate the importance of a church like this church in our city. Don't underestimate the importance of your life and you serving the Lord. But that little space of grace that God showed in Ezra, but also showed to His people and shows to us. He leaves that remnant to escape, as we see in our text, and to give us a nail in His holy place, which there's a lot I could say about that. But I want us to 
And then often we look to the end of the passage and give us a little reviving. And God's given us a space of grace. Why? So that we can have a reviving. I do not, personally, I do not believe that God has allowed some things to take place. And how much we talked about after the last election, how God has given us an opportunity. But I think we've missed it. Uh, God has, didn't give us an opportunity to make a lot more money, although that opportunity has been there. Personally, I'd rather have a good economy than a bad economy. Personally, I'd like for unemployment to be low as opposed to being high. Personally, uh, I like capitalism a lot better than I like socialism. Uh, I, I, I'm happy about all of those things. But we ought to look at the opportunity that God has given us in those areas, not just to fulfill and live the American dream, but to have the means as God's people to be bolder in our proclamation of the gospel, to do more with the gospel. And often, in, inaccurately so, we speak of that space of grace so that we can have a little reviving. And I do not believe that if this next election goes the way we want it to go and, and the Republicans hold the, the presidency and we hold the, the Senate and we get the House, think, I'll praise God if that happens. And, and when we get that, and good night, all of our problems are going to go away. Oh, no, they're not all going to go away. What we need is a little bit of reviving in our bondage. Reviving in our bondage. Our government is not perfect. Our government is not going to save us. In a lot of ways, we are in bondage. We're in bondage to our own sin. We're in bondage to our own mistakes. We need a little reviving. I could preach on that tonight, and we would all agree as we are, because we know it to be true. But I'm afraid if, if we overlook the phrase that is our text tonight, we'll waste the space of grace that God has given us, we'll never see the reviving in our bondage. And by the way, the bondage doesn't have to go away for there to be reviving. The greatest revivals have taken place throughout history with often the greatest oppression. The bondage doesn't have to go away. But we'll miss that opportunity of reviving if we do not pay close attention to that phrase that we see tonight, that our God may lighten our eyes. What that means is that God would open our eyes, that God would illuminate some things that we can see it, so that God would show us areas that we need to give attention to. You and I need our eyes opened tonight to be reminded that what God places a priority on, we should place a priority on. Let me ask all of us tonight, and I'll not ask it very specifically. I'll, I'll just ask it generally amongst Christians. I wonder amongst Christians if God puts a greater premium and God puts a greater importance on holiness than Christians do. We need our eyes lightened to see that God still expects holiness from His people. I wonder if amongst Christians, God puts a greater priority on winning the lost and taking the gospel to this world that, than Christians, and just in general, do. We need to be reminded tonight that what God puts a priority on, we should put a priority on. 
And tonight I'm going to be very practical in the message, and I want to just mention a few things when it comes to God lighten our eyes. I'm thankful, and I do believe we, church, have an opportunity in 2020 to make a difference in our city, in our community, in this nation, and in this world. I believe that God still empowers His people. I believe God still uses the local church. I believe God still honors the preaching and the living of His Word. I still believe that. I believe there is a great opportunity. I believe that we can have reviving in the midst of our bondage. I believe revival can take place. I believe that. But our eyes are going to have to be lightened. Our eyes are going to have to be opened. And I'm going to be very practical in my outline tonight to get us to think of some things with this in mind. Number one, let me say, God lighten our eyes so that we can see our own unworthiness. Our own unworthiness. Do you know that part of getting God's attention is being humble? I'm afraid in the life of many Christians, they, they could never be, they'll be revi- reviving because they don't think they need it. God's lucky to have them. God's fortunate to have them to keep everybody else straight. God's fortunate to have them because if they weren't it, it, there in play, everybody would be much worse off. No, friend, we need to realize that we are just but a worm. We are just unworthy. None of us, none of us have anything good to offer God. Just as we could not work our way to heaven, we, we are not good enough to even be uh, uh, valuable. We're valuable, valuable to Him, of course, but we're not, we can't even be good enough to earn the, the responsibility or the opportunity to serve Him. It is something that God graciously grants us. And friend, tonight, if we are going to have our eyes lighten, our eyes open, we need, to, we need to pray that He would open our eyes to see our own unworthiness. We are, we are so, in the United States of America, we are so full of ourselves. And let me just say, this is the greatest nation on the planet. Let me just go on record of saying, if you don't like this nation, there are one-way tickets to other places in this world. This is the greatest nation on God's Planet, as far as I'm concerned. And right now, it's the only opinion that matters. (laughs) We've gotten so full of ourselves that we think God owes us. We're undeserving of God's favor. God has blessed this nation so much that we throw away more food than so many people in this world eat in a day. We don't even think about it because we are that blessed. But can I tell you, we're still unworthy of God's blessings. We're still unworthy of God's favor. We need to be reminded as a church, God has blessed this church. God has blessed this church tremendously through the years. God is blessing this church. Sometimes when we look at the blessings of God and we certainly are thankful for the blessings of God. Sometimes it's easy to get a little bit puffed up. When we see how God blesses, let me remind us as a church tonight, we're unworthy of God's favor. We as individual Christians, we need to see our own unworthiness. God, lighten our eyes. I I want the reviving. And 
Certainly, there's some things that we need to do in this little space of grace, but first of all, we've got to see our own unworthiness. I believe there's a lot of churches that could have revival that won't because they don't think they need it. I believe that in this nation, the average, relig- the average re- religious person, they, they think they need a political revolution, but they don't realize that they, we, need a, we need a spiritual revival. I pray that the Lord would lighten our eyes. Number two tonight, I say, God, lighten our eyes to see our own helplessness. To see our own unhelplessness. We're unworthy. We're unworthy of God's favor. But you know, we're still helpless to bring about revival. We, we think that, and there are some things that God tells us that we can do to get His attention, but it's still up to God whether or not He pours out His favor. And I think sometimes we set ourselves up and say, if I do A, B, and C, then God has to do this. Yes, God will respond. I'm not saying He will not respond. We are helpless to make a change unless God in a supernatural way does it. All of us at one time were lost and on our way to hell, and because of the faith we placed in what Christ did, our eternity was changed. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful for salvation? You were helpless to save yourself. It was through the vehicle of faith that God used to save you. We are in a need as God's people for God to do supernatural things in our land, in our churches, in our home. I, hope, I, wish, I pray that God would open our eyes to see that we're helpless. Without God, what are we going to do? Without God, what hope do we have? And friend, I, I, I think it's perfectly fine as, a, as, a, as an American, as, 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 a, as a patriotic American, to vote how we need to vote and depend on men. And God has always raised up men at the right time in our nation if you study our history. And I believe God has done that in this day we live in. But without God, we're still helpless. You look back at different periods, pivotal periods. This is not the first time our nation has been at a pivotal point, And God has always raised the right man up, the right people up to preserve this nation. Without God's hand, we would be helpless. No matter what opportunities or what abilities you have, I pray that God would lighten our eyes and see that we are helpless without Him. We have to have God. Christian, we'll never get to the place where you feel like you don't need God. I, I think sometimes, even as parents, let me, let, me, let me help you. Don't get to the place where you feel like you don't need God. You can be super organized and you can have all everything written down, you can have it, but you still need God. Let's never get to the place where we don't need God. Oh God, just, just the, what comes to my mind as I stand here is, is how God has blessed us in, in, with music in our church. And the music that God has given us, God has given us talented people. But can I tell you, you still need God. You need God. God has blessed us with faithful people. As I look around the building tonight, so many of you have been here for not just years, but for even decades. As a matter of how long you've been saved, you still need God. I pray that God would lighten our eyes to always remember how helpless we are without Him. The third thing I'll mention tonight is this, God lighten our eyes 
so that we may see his goodness. Isn't God good? God is good. He's good to us. I mean, I don't even have to ask you this, but I'm going to do it anyway just because I want to. How many, of you, how many of you, God has been good to you? Oh, that's everybody. Because God has been good to all of us. I'm not going to take the time to do it because we don't hear, we don't need to hear uh, about Aunt Susie tonight, but if we took the time and said, said I'm going to give everybody give a testimony to go around and give me one thing that God has been, been has blessed you with or testify about the goodness of God, all of us could say God has been good to me in this area and God's given good to me and give testimony of the goodness of God. But can I say just for a moment, if you would say, well, God hasn't been good to me in this area, in this area, in this area. But God has still been good regardless of whether you think you've been blessed how you should be. We have a good God. Well, I look at some of the things that take place in our nation as you do, and it, we blame it sometimes on a political ideology, and certainly there's some truth to that. But it's a rejection of God. It's the manifestation and the results of sin. America has earned the judgment of God. America, from out of Hollywood, comes such a godless philosophy, pagan philosophy. And by the way, Christian, be careful about that paganism you let come into your home. It's pagan. It comes from our nation. It's influenced the world in a negative way. When you think of the attack on marriage, the attack on the home, it takes place in our own nation. Can you believe there's even a debate that there's more than two genders? Can you even believe that there's a debate? I'm talking about in our nation. God was clear from the beginning of time. He created them male and female. Discussion is closed. You believe there's even a debate on marriage and what is marriage and who can be married to each other? Do we even need to get married? There's even a debate on that when God has spoken on that. And the nation that has been so blessed by God is leading the way in the world in attacking the very institutions that God created. You think just the... Uh, Issue of abortion, just that issue alone. We have earned the judgment and the chastisement of God. And if you want to know why they hate our president so much, I believe it's just one issue more than any other issue. Now, all, all of a sudden, you have political parties who want to read the Constitution and think about, well, this should be this way, this should be that way. Why? Because they're afraid that if a Supreme Court justice gets confirmed, that they're God of sacrificing babies is going to be overthrown. We have earned the judgment and the chastisement of God. But we can still testify of God's goodness. We can still testify of a space of grace, can we not? 
No, I, I pray tonight that God would lighten our eyes in this space of grace because I, I do want to see a reviving. I, I do want to see if, if nobody else wants to have it, I want to have it in my own life, in my own heart. If, if nobody else wants to have it, I think we as a church, we can continue to have the reviving and we can still have that revival spirit and we want to please God and we want to serve God and we want to reach people with the gospel. We can have it, but I believe our, our eyes have got to be lightened to the fact that God is a good God and God has been good to all of us and, and we're, we are unworthy, but I want us to see His goodness and I want us to go throughout the day even when we have problems and we have difficulties we have burdens and we quit looking and saying, God, why did you allow this to happen? And blaming God for things that take place that we don't understand and just say, my God is a good God. And then fourthly and finally, may God lighten our eyes to his will. I'm afraid a great failure in the life of Christians is a failure to do the will of God. There's a lot of different things I could say about this, and some I will say. But this is not going to be a shock because I've said it often. I believe that God has created every individual with a life in mind, with things in mind that He wants that life to do for Him. I believe that every person in here, God has created you with a purpose. God has created you for a purpose. But I believe there are some things that we would consider the will of God that applies to everyone. I believe it's the will of God for every individual to be saved. Anybody who dies without Christ is dying out of the will of God. I believe that it's the will of God for every Christian to belong to a New Testament church. I, I believe that. And just because somebody says, oh, I don't believe in the church, doesn't mean that I believe it's the will of God for every child of God to serve in a local church. I believe that. I believe every Christian should have a pastor. And I believe a great detriment to Christians today is the fact that they do not have a pastor. They do not have the biblical word shepherd, somebody who, who, who God has placed in their life. You say, well, I just, I just don't believe that God would put at least one man over you. You're, you're misinterpreting. You're looking at it all wrong. I believe part of God's plan is He established the church. He has an under-shepherd to help the people. I believe it's God's will for every Christian to have a pastor. I believe it's God's will for every Christian to be in church on Sunday. I believe it's the will of God. I believe it's the will of God for every Christian to tithe. I believe it's the will of God for every Christian to be a witness. But too many times we are blinded by our own ambitions. and We don't see what the will of God is. Too many times we're blinded. We're not paying close enough attention to what would God have me to do with my life. And I almost went a different direction tonight, and, and maybe I'll, I'll do it in another week with that, that, that word, that little space of grace, how there's a limited amount of time that we can get God's attention. And we can certainly take that and correlate that to this life that is a vapor, that we're here for a set amount of time that we can do the will of God. And I pray tonight that God will lighten our eyes to His will. 
And the only way for our eyes to be lightened is to get into the Word of God and allow the Spirit of God to show us, this is what I should be doing with my life. This is how I should be living. This is what I should be doing for Him. Because, friend, I remind you, there is a temporal and there is an eternal. The only thing that lasts is that which is eternal. The only thing that is going to matter when our life is over is that which we did that affects eternity. It is the will of God for us to affect eternity. I pray that God would lighten our eyes. I believe it's one thing that's been evident, and not to get too far off on this, I believe one thing that's been evident over the last generation is the number of Christians, the number of young people who their eyes are closed to what God might would have them to do with their life. This is where some may disagree with me, but you would be wrong because God does not place individuals in homes on accident. God does not place little boys and girls in churches like this one on accident. And there are many, if they had the opportunities to serve, and, and you know me, I, I, I'm, I'm very sensitive to the will of God for each and every person's life, but I'm just talking collectively as Christians all across this world. We need to be praying, God, lighten our eyes to what I should be doing with my life. I want to do the will of God. As we meet tonight and have church, we have many out of our church who are serving in other places. I'll use Jason and Jessica Stanley as an example. Of course, they're serving in Spain. That is God's will for their life. God called them to serve somewhere else. That's a wonderful call to answer. Well, we would use somebody like them and say, well, that's, 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 those are Christians. That's a couple that they answered the call and they're doing the will of God for their lives. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And I praise God that God revealed that to them. But friend, the only will of God for a young person's life isn't a missionary. There's a will of God for each person's life here. And I'm afraid sometimes... Sometimes we don't see what it is that God would have us to do in a way to serve where God has us is because we're not looking. We're not paying close enough attention to know what would God have me to do. And friend, through the local church, God has provided so many opportunities of service for you and I. I wonder how many are missing on what God would have them do as a member of this church just because... They're not paying attention or they're not looking to what God would have them to do. I pray tonight that God would lighten our eyes to his will. And as we conclude tonight, and of course I've been very simple and very practical because I want us to think about this little space that God has given us. I know this is 2020, the year of the pandemic. Probably this is the greatest opportunity the church has ever had. I know that our nation is literally on the brink. So, Pastor, what if, what, if, what, if, what if the election doesn't go the way that you think it's going to go or hopefully it's going to go? Well, I still believe what a great opportunity for God's church. Men are certainly going to need to be looking to the Lord. I pray that God would lighten our eyes or God would open our eyes so that we might have the reviving. Sometimes we just get too busy to see what God's doing. 
Sometimes we just get too preoccupied to see what God is even doing in our own life. Parents, pause for a moment to see what God may be doing in the life of your children. Take a moment. Say, God, what, would you, what were you doing with us as a church? What are you doing so that my eyes can be opened, so I can be reminded of my unworthiness? I can be reminded of my helplessness. So I can be reminded of your goodness. And certainly we want our eyes open to do the will of God. Look at our text one more time. Of course, the last part of that verse. Give us a little reviving. Wouldn't it be great if in our nation we had a little reviving? Oh, I'd I, I love to see revival. Well, I'd take a little reviving. I'd take a great reviving, but at this point I'd take a little reviving. It's not going to happen unless the Lord lightens our eyes. That's why this is so important. What is, is so important that we stick with the truth. You know why so many Christians are blinded? Because they've left the Word of God. There are more churches in our nation today than I think we've ever had. But yet we are so biblically ignorant as a people. We've never been more biblically ignorant of the Word of God. It's because just because you have a church and you have church on the outside doesn't mean that we're standing on the Word of God. That is what separates in Christians who are confused about what the will of God is for life, it's because they're not reading the Word of God because this is the will of God for each and every one of us. I have a responsibility to live after this book. So do you. This is the will of God for the life of a Christian. Well, I just don't know if that's what I want. It doesn't matter. May we, our eyes be lightened so that we get back to prioritizing the things that should be the most important so that we can have the reviving. We hear a lot in this day, oh, we need revival, we need revival. We certainly do. When are we going to have revival? If we, if we get all the churches together in prayer, we march on Washington, will that bring revival? I don't think it gets us one, one step closer. Others may disagree with me. I just don't think it does. Because I think personally... We need to have our eyes lightened. We can get together and pray all we want to pray, but if nobody who's not doing the will of God doesn't start doing the will of God, what has really changed? I think this took place in 2016. I think it's taken place since 2016. I think it's taken place today, and it's what frightens me more than what the Democrats are doing, more than what the anarchists are doing. It frightens me when God's people think they can just together and say, God send us revival, and they want to bypass all their responsibility. That's why we wanted a certain candidate who used the name of God because we thought if we got a Christian in the White House, we wouldn't have to confess our sins. We wouldn't have to undo our unholy associations. We wouldn't have to acknowledge the compromise that has taken place in our churches over the last decades. That God would just bypass all that and give us revival. No, there's personal accountability that must take place. God, lighten our eyes, open our eyes so that we can see what we need to do, so I can start doing the will of God. Let me tell you what would get God's attention more than hashtagging revival and more than marching on Washington is if every child of God would get concerned with God show me what I'm supposed to be doing that I'm not doing right now. 
Show me where I'm failing. Show me where, where I'm falling short. Show me the next step of commitment I need to make in my life so that I can serve you in a greater way. That would bring some revival. I pray tonight that God opens our eyes. Maybe tonight God used this message to the Spirit of God to speak to you about maybe a greater way you need to serve. Maybe tonight it helps all of us to add this to our prayer list for our nation. God may open, God may lighten, God may illuminate so that we can see that which is important to God is that what we need to give our attention to. Let's pray to ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray.